Hello and welcome to the Financial Fox, Finance, Investment and Crypto with a Twist. I'm your host, Steffi B. I'm the founder of PR company Cassiopeia Services, and every week I bring to you my favorite conversation with investment experts, market disruptors, mover and shakers, and the coolest project in crypto. So, lots is happening in financial market, and digital assets are rising, are completely shaking up the traditional platform. So, today I want to bring to you the conversation that I had with Joshua Barreclough, the newly appointed CEO of European Digital Assets Exchange, Bitpanda Pro. So, we are going to talk about digital assets investing. And Joshua is coming directly from JP Morgan. So I'm sure that you're going to find this interview very interesting and also to understand what is actually happening in the space. So stay tuned and let's get this started. Joshua, uh, great to have you on the show. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's uh, it's is really a pleasure. You have just been appointed as the new CEO of Bitpanda Pro. That's quite exciting. Yeah, really, really exciting. Actually, it's been um, it's been a whirlwind couple of months, um, but but you know, just just loving loving the job, loving the 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 community and and kind of the people who are kind of working with me. It's it's been fantastic. What's the feeling from, you know, coming from JP Morgan to join a, a digital asset exchange? Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, first of all, I, I think I was um, a bit overwhelmed by the, the, I guess, kind of the response and, and kind of cultural change. So I think, you know, first of all, JP Morgan, great place. Um, but, you know, traditionally, like investment banks, banks, they're very, it's a very closed community at a community level, but also at an individual like entity level. So like, you know, JP Morgan keeps themselves, like City keeps themselves, like Goldman Sachs keeps themselves, like everyone is doing their own thing in, in, in almost kind of somewhat secrecy. Um, I think kind of the, the first thing is, you know, coming to the crypto community and just like everyone, you know, the, the amount of people who kind of reached out, who, you know, are just so interested in kind of what you're doing, how they can help. Um, and there's a really kind of like different approach in terms of how people think about things. So it's much more, you know, we're all growing the ecosystem together and, and you know, working together and there's enough space for everyone. So I think there's, I think that bit was, you know, first of all, super, super interesting and, and, and has been particularly great. And then, uh, and then, you know, I guess when I think about, you know, Bitpanda and, and kind of what we're doing and, and actually how we've been operating as well. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of worlds apart, right? You have, you know, like JP Morgan, the big banks, super successful juggernauts, like amazing, huge balance sheets, like continue to roll products out. But but it's much more on kind of like, you know, longer term horizon, like slow planning, like there's a there's a much more lengthy approval process in terms of how things are thought about. There's much more risk. Um, and and you kind of compare that to you know Bitpanda, which is like a scale up, very well funded scale up. So actually, we have like the cash and assets to really do a lot. But but actually, the decision making process, you know, the speed at which we're executing, it's 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 you know completely it's worlds apart. I mean, you know, it's we make a decision, the next day we're we're doing it. And and I've got to say, like just in terms of like energy and you know everything else, it's it's really been fantastic. 
Great. We are going to talk about Bee Panda in a moment, but before yeah. I just wanted to uh, understand your thought and insight on how the big banks are actually uh, mo- taking up on new technology and obviously on crypto, because everything is kind of happening, disrupting traditional traditional financial markets. And the big banks are seeing that and they have to make a move as well. Uh, and especially a lot is happening, not only on a centralized level, but also on a decentralized level with yeah. DeFi. Yeah. So can you maybe tell me how uh, the big banks are seeing the space evolving and how do you see also they are going to change their offering? Yeah, and I think I think you also kind of need to, need to take a step back and kind of think a bit about mindset and, and, and like some of this stuff as well. So, you know, I think uh, so my one of my jobs when I was at JP Morgan was I, I looked after the fintech team and and kind of really was responsible for okay like what's our strategy as a digital strategy as a firm and and like how do we how do we kind of partner with with big fintechs from an M and A strategic investment perspective and 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 kind of really accelerate that I think if I go back in time to how I used to I guess kind of the initial conversations I was having with companies when when we started that team. They were very much, we're going to disrupt you. We're going to take you out of the market and, and here's how it's going to be. And then fast forward a few a few years later, you know, actually the same companies were coming back to the big banks and saying, hey, we want to work with you. You know, we, we want to do as much as possible with you because actually in a lot of spaces, they weren't getting traction. I think the crypto market and the digital asset space is very different because whereas a lot of these fintech challengers who are looking to compete in the traditional world ended up having to go full circle and partner with the banks, the digital asset space, like crypto space, really kind of started off as much more of a retail first movement. And so, you know, actually you have this huge, you know, native crypto community who are doing amazing things. And and actually, you know, the knowledge they built in terms of actually being able to, you know, compete with the very best of the institutional traders, if not better, you know, I think that's actually really changed. It, It really changes the power dynamic from being one where the banks are, you know, necessarily in a position where they can say, hey, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're in a position to dictate terms on all of this stuff because actually it's been growing up around it. And I think that, that's been super interesting. Um, but having said that, you know, I think the way that a lot of the big banks will be looking at this and thinking about this is, you know, they have this huge client base. Um, they have, you know, again, like they're making billions and billions of dollars in, in terms of like, you know, trading, banking, like, you know, custom fund services, like commercial banking, corporate banking, like all of these things like bundled together. And and the risk for them of, of you know, making a mistake or, you know, like losing clients' assets or, you know, like going, falling foul of the regulators or, or anything like that, the, 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 the ramifications for these banks are so much greater that actually, you know, what, what you'll find a lot of them are doing is saying, okay, actually, you know, there's, first of all, there's limitations on what they can do. But, but more importantly, you know, they're looking at it from the view of, okay, what's the risk adjusted view on how we approach this? Like, do we, do we want to be first moving a lot of the space or, you know, do they wait for people to be quite successful in it and really rely on the fact that, you know, when push comes to shove, yes, they can deploy a hundred billion dollars, $200 billion, whatever it takes to buy companies that, that are successful in this space. And that affords them time and allows them to kind of take that step back and kind of really look and think about how they how they want to approach all of this. So I think I think that's kind of that's kind of one piece, um, which which I think you know, in the next I would say kind of two to three years, I would expect 
with MICA and, you know, like with other regulatory, you know, changes that will happen, I think you will start to see the big banks being a lot more active in terms of actually how they're approaching this and, and a lot more consolidation in the market as a result of that, because, because I think, I think that does, that does change kind of what they're doing. And, you know, like the reality is like a lot of them are just, from a regulatory perspective, not even allowed to participate in these markets right now. So, you know, like actually, you know, if you look at, I think what Goldman are doing and others, you know, I think they're, they're trading, um, I think they're trading contract for differences. Um, I, I, I think it's cash settled. I don't think they're allowed to touch any crypto underlying. And, and, you know, again, I think there's, you know, to that extent, there's, it's it's really kind of prevented them from getting into these markets, um, and 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 to be honest, you know, you should also look at it from the client side of things as well. I think when you think about the clients coming into this, you know, it's where's the demand, and and typically they will also kind of follow the regulatory regulation. They'll follow the demand, and and they'll evolve to that. So, look, um, I think that's great for the crypto community at large. I think there's a great opportunity to kind of really you know, really kind of like put some miles on the ground now and, and, and really kind of build out some, some great products and services that, that really kind of position us and, and allow us to compete with, with the major banks, you know, when, when they kind of do look to kind of get into the space. Exactly, exactly. And here I want to talk a bit about Bitpanda Pro. So if you can expand a bit what digital asset exchange means yeah. and how Bitpanda has been positioning itself as, a, as an exchange, because really we have got big exchanges like that out there like Coinbase, Binance, they make lots of noise, where Bitpanda has always been like below the radar, but over time yeah. it built up a very good uh, client base. Uh, and also user experience is quite important as well as regulation compliance. So, um, yeah, tell me a bit more about Bitpanda approach and offering. Yeah, I mean, look, Bitpanda has been super, super successful. I think like I would break it into, I'd break it into kind of like really kind of three parts. So you have, you have our, you have the brokerage platform, which is, is kind of, which is the most well-known and, and that's, that's what has been doing incredibly well in, in central Europe. So this is where we have a huge customer base and that's obviously kind of our, our trading platform or kind of our brokerage trading platform, our equities trading, you know, our, you know, our card payments, you know, our, our metals trading. And, and that's kind of all in kind of one, one wrapper where, you know, you as kind of a, a retail customer could go on and, and trade and access all of these things. Um, then you have our, our white labeling business, which is where we're actually partnering with a lot of companies right now in order to help them get into crypto and help them get into stuff. So I think you kind of saw recently a big announcement with Lydia where we're partnering with them to help their five and a half million customers get into the crypto market. That's kind of white labeling side of things. And then you have obviously Pro, which is, you know, our, our kind of, I would say, kind of more sophisticated, you know, retail and, and kind of more institutional side, which is much more on, okay, like actually, you know, how do we how do we offer like very strong liquidity pools, like access to, to lots of different assets, you know, uh, moving into to more complex products. Um, and actually really kind of catering for kind of like high volume, like high ticket transactions where people are trying to kind of do, you know, kind of, you know, I guess kind of very, very, very large deals off the back of that. And, and you know, really kind of looking to across the, the suite of, of different needs. I think that's kind of what we're looking to build out. And so myself, again, like very focused on, you know, what are the other products and services we need to offer from an institutional side of things? So we have license applications in we have like you know companies we're looking at from an inorganic growth perspective to help us get to market and, and you know maybe buy things and do things faster you know we're bringing in some 
some amazing people, both on kind of like the trading and sales side to help kind of really kind of grow again, that institutional client base. And, and really with a goal to like, how do we kind of make our flow differentiated, our products differentiated and, and kind of do things that, that kind of really excite people about coming to, to our products. And, and that's the goal, like, you know, across all of these, like we want our products to be best in class. We want to excite people about coming to them. And, and, you know, we want, you know, we want to do it with a mindset that, you know, you know, regulation is super important to us. And we, you know, we want to work with the regulators and, 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 you know, and do that within Europe as well. And I think this is the other big thing for us. Like we are in Europe here. Exactly. exactly, European exchange. Correct. Correct. And, and, you know, we are, we are European based, you know, like if you're a European client, you know, you will know, you will know your European counterpart. And I think that's the thing. And so it's things like, you know, launching Euro pairs, if people can trade Euro pairs, it's, you know, and Sterling pairs, I think it's, I think it's like, and, and and again, like that's, that's such, it's such a big difference. And, you know, we're very actively hiring people who are ex-regulators in all of the countries as well. So again, like we're having good conversations with all of the major institutions. I think it's really, you know, it's really about like building out that, that, that kind of really kind of Eurocentric, um, I guess, kind of experience, which has been good. Good. So I've got two questions uh, quickly. Uh, are you looking at integrating DeFi at some form of level? Um, I, so, so you know, I think I think we're over like this. We're always looking at um, opportunities to service our clients' needs better um, and and get products out there that that are that are differentiated. Okay. So, um, you know, I. I, there are there are lots of things that that we want to roll out. And okay, we'll roll okay, out. okay, okay. We 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 have time. Yeah. <laughs> we, you mentioned about Europe. Do you see how do you see the dollar um, uh, looking like over the next few years? Do you think strengthening or is actually going to lose power, and we are going to end up with different kind of like power structure in terms of currency? Um, I mean, it's a great question. I think I think it will change. I mean, take LATAM. I think that is a great example. And I think I think it really, you know, you've got to look at it. It's almost on a country by country basis. You need to look at it for the time being. But but I think it will evolve. So you know, where you have smaller countries right now with, you know, obviously huge inflation. Um, I think we're seeing obviously mass adoption of these central currencies, and, and you know, El Salvador being a great example of you know like government stepping in and saying, you know what, actually. You know, we're going to use Bitcoin, and that's going to become kind of the, the the central the central kind of sovereign approach to actually how we deal with with currencies. You know, I think we we are we maintain and continue to be in a period of of high inflation. You know, I think like I think what we're seeing in the US and what we're seeing you know in Europe, I don't think it points to to any any kind of like you know slowdown in that. Um, and and so over time, do do I can do I see additional strengthening of, of these assets for sure? And again, like as big institutions come into them, I think it makes it it makes it you know easier. It makes it a bigger case for all of these things. And and you know it also comes back to you know when you when you, you know kind of what we were discussing a little bit at the beginning when you think about digital asset exchanges more broadly. Ultimately, you know, longer term, this becomes a transfer of value across a number of different assets. And so, you know, that could be, you know, real estate, that could be, you know, your car, it could be, you know, your, you know, it could be equities in the company that's public. It could be An equity NFT. in a company that's private. It could be NFT. It could that's... be like any, any of these things. Right. And so ultimately in that world, 
where the value transfer becomes so linked and, and your assets are also linked digitally. I think that opens up a real question in terms of, okay, like in terms of sovereign central currencies, what's the kind of the real future behind them? And actually, how does that all sit together? So I think it's it's a very, it's an interesting long-term um, problem to, to think through for sure. Okay, right. So we talk about NFTs, we talk about tokenized equities. So obviously this is going to have an impact on the traditional financial markets because why I should buy a share or in a company listed on a stock exchange where I can get exposure with a tokenized equity on Bitcoin? On Bitpanda. So, can you maybe tell me a bit how, what's the difference and how do you see, um, you know, the old world fighting with the new world or actually uh, get integrated or, or die? Well, it's, it's so interesting. And you're already saying this with equities because the real difference is, I mean, let's take equities markets, right? If you're trading traditional equities markets, you know, there are, there are you know, it's market hours. It's when the market's open and it's, it's five days a week. You know, we've already moved the equities market to it's 24-7. And, and actually, if you want to buy into shares, you can buy fractional shares of assets and you don't need to spend, you know, whatever it is, like, I'm probably getting this wrong, like 1,700 pounds for, for your one Amazon share. You know, you can buy you can buy it for a lot less than that. I'm sure Amazon's probably trading more than 1,700 pounds now, but but let's see. And 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 you know, I think I think that that's really moved the market on that side. And I think you know, you know, to 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 the extent that continues, that's only going to change it. But but you're absolutely right. When you think about tokenization of assets more generally, I think it opens up such an interesting space. I mean, take take private companies for example. You know, and 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 really, what I would think about is it's an efficiency issue. So, you know, if you take private companies, for example, if you, you know, there's, there's a big, very active secondary market. So, so you could be, you know, you could hold shares in, um, I don't know, SpaceX, which is a public, and that could be traded with someone who wants to, to buy your shares in SpaceX. Um, now, now, actually, what happens is you have brokers who are dealing with these, these transactions. And, and a lot of the time, these transactions don't go through because, you know, they're actually very complicated and they get blocked by the board or there's a number of reasons why they might actually get passed. So I think it's something around like 10% of these transactions are only ever filled. And, and there's a lot of time that goes into that and you have to pay all these legal fees. And again, it's really open for institutional investors, which isn't particularly great or accredited investors. And so I think kind of what tokenization brings to that is, okay, you could take someone's cap table and you could digitize part of their cap table and you could say, actually, we're going to play around with the, some of the shareholder covenants, but ultimately I just want to be able to track the value of the underlying asset and I want to be able to sell and trade that. Now, if you could do something like that, you could take something that takes a very long time to something that becomes a very instantaneous value transfer. And, and again, like I think there's a huge premium on that. I, I, I suspect that becomes even more valuable than the current underlying asset because it provides a liquidity and allows people to trade in and out of it. And I think that also creates a huge amount of efficiency. It takes out like a lot of, a lot of, I guess, kind of like wasted time and effort. Um, and if you can do that, and you can do that in a lot of different assets, I think that becomes that becomes a, a game changer. And and you know we talk about in the traditional world, you know all these things like T plus, you know one T plus two, and all these kind of like you know convoluted settlement times. But I think in a world where you again are kind of like have a very clear ownership structure, you have a very clear and you know undisputable setup in terms of actually where that asset sits and and how it is transferred. I think it becomes a, a very, a very good way of revolutionizing, you know, a very, a very kind of 
slow and, and often kind of opaque, um, opaque business. So I think this is basically the, be- the one of the major opportunity that you see at Bitpanda is actually fractionalized stocks and ETFs, but also uh, trading tokenized um, commodities, right? Uh, and that's great. But then you have got also the crypto aspect, and you have got uh, you know different crypto assets listed on the on the exchange. What's the ratio behind choosing one asset rather than the other one? That's a, it's a great question in terms of you know and I think I think you know I'd almost um, I'd almost go you know I'll give you kind of a, an example backwards right which is you know if you if you think about the very wealthy individuals in the world who 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 will go through a private bank um, you know typically you have a, a private banker who is advising you and saying you have a portfolio of assets and you should be putting your assets into lots of different things because ultimately you know there's there's generating returns and there's also kind of you know factoring in risk and there's obviously kind of looking at what's going to happen in the market so like broadly speaking you know if you're a traditional you know uh, private banker you're probably looking for a you know good allocation in equities good allocation in, in private companies via funds or directly some allocation in bonds and and maybe some allocation in like real estate as well as you kind of like look at this stuff and and again taking that risk adjusted view in terms of actually where you're where you're actually looking to put a lot of this stuff i think like to be honest where where it becomes really exciting from our perspective is to the extent that you know we can offer much more of that you know diversified portfolio such that actually you you get the same opportunities as a lot of a lot of these other other places and I think you know from my perspective where I cover the big institutions it's how do I make that more seamless for the institutions who are used to some of these more traditional assets and how do I you know help them with the traditional assets and bridge the gap between crypto and vice versa I think if you kind of look at it on the you know the the kind of the brokerage side and what we're doing there. It's how do you how do you kind of create much more of a you know a a balanced investing model where people can people can have you know that that level of allocation and 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 kind of thought process in terms of you know being able to access a lot of these assets that they otherwise may not have been able to. Exactly. But question is, are you considering at some point to kind of uh, offer strategies, not so, so, passive? Yeah, I, I, I understand. So, so more, more of a kind of a more of kind of an advisory side on that. I, look, uh, again, without saying I, I, my 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 area of expertise is what we're doing on the, the pro, the pro side, so more on the institutional and sophisticated retail side. On the on the brokerage side, without kind of saying too much, I I like I think the market is heading towards you know more structure and more advice around these things. I think there's obviously complications around doing that. Um, you know, I think I think it, it goes without saying that the better you want your service to be, you know, the better your product needs to be, and and kind of the better the better interactions and more positive interactions you can give to your clients. So I'd say with that, you know, I think there's inevitably, you know, you, you will see companies like ours moving in that direction okay very interesting now last question just for a question of transparency <laughs> explain me a little bit about your revenue model and how actually bitpanda pro makes money yeah it's a good it's a good question look like we we charge right now we charge very low fees it's uh, it's really for us it's a flow game um so what we're looking for is we are looking to generate lots and lots and lots of volume from lots of market participants. So 
So whether it's like sophisticated retail, whether it's asset managers, hedge funds, you know, market makers, like anyone, what, what we're doing is we're looking to help people trade as many pairs as they can and, and, and access as much volume as they can without, without losing pricing or, or kind of seeing any slippage on that. And, and, and in exchange, we, we do that, we do that on very low fees. And, and again, it's a, it, because we're, because we're targeting very high volumes, um, we can do that on, on a very low fee basis. Fantastic. So basically, if you have to say to give a message to investors why they should join Bitpanda Pro, would that just be about the fee or do you have anything else that you li- would like to say? Yeah, I, I would I would say I would say there's the fee side, there's the volume side. I would say the other part is we're obviously uh, we are radically transforming our product suite as well. So we're gonna be rolling out some very good exclusive offers and, and, and give us things. some hints. I, I, I ask me again in January and, and I'll be able to tell you a lot more. Um and 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 I think I think things that will be unique to the market in terms of some of the stuff we're doing. So I, I you know I I would say like right now if you want to trade volume you want to do it at a low price I'd say come to us and and you know we are we are massively ramping up our our volume on the exchange at the moment. So I think it's really exciting. And then and then in the near term you know we will have many announcements. In fact, it's it's going to be a big year of announcements on on things we're doing. So. Uh, Unfortunately, my lips are sealed and, okay. and we should we should do this again and, and you can do like a here's what you said now and 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 in, in six months' time, here's all the things that we've done. But it's, it's very exciting. I'm I'm sure we will have the opportunity to follow up. I see your excitement, which already says yeah. a lot. And as you said, there are big opportunities out there. And uh, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see what is happening. So um, anybody interested, where should they go? How do should they sign up? Yeah, yeah. If you go to, I mean, type in Bitpanda Pro or, or go into your browser, type in exchange.bitpanda.com, um, you will you will end up with us. Um, we're also we're on um, LinkedIn. I'm myself, I'm on LinkedIn and, and Twitter. So, you know, we we kind of post a lot in terms of market trends, what's happening, and uh, and and you know, obviously any announcements that we're making will will be there first. So um, yes, okay, um, come come and sign up. Thank you, Joshua. It was great to have you on the show. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Right. Lots is happening in the financial market space. Obviously, due to new technology, due to crypto, and uh, surely in the next few months, uh, in the next years, we are going to see the space very different from what is today. So stay tuned. And if you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel and podcast, click the subscribe button and follow us on social media to stay up to date with our news and interviews and I will see you next time.